what were you thinking about at that time when you were waiting for everything to be right? Like, oh my gosh, quality, like, what is the audio? I didn't have the right camera that I wanted. I didn't have a full layout of, like, what was my show, who I was going to be on. I literally just decided one day. I just decided. You have to decide. That stuff is not important right off and that, you know, everything will come into place when it needs to. I'm your host, Tosh. This is the Creative Breakthrough Podcast. This podcast was created to, to give artists the codes to build audiences, cash flow, and make a living doing what they love. Ultimately, the goal is to eliminate the starving artists. On today's episode, I have this amazing woman here. Her name is Nish. What would you like to be addressed by? Whatever your heart's desire, either one. My name, I go by, it's Nisha, but when people get comfortable with me, they call me Nish. Thank you for being here. Thank you for pulling over on the side of the road to get on live. For the people who are unfamiliar with you, how would you describe what you do in one sentence? Ooh, one sentence. What are they? Am I describe myself in the in the video the video space or like interview space? What do you want to be known for? I am an expert interviewer. I thrive in having conscious conversations, and I get people to talk about things they've never said and think about things they've never thought of. That was great. So okay, thank you. How do you get people to do that? couple ways actually by being warm by being empathetic during the interview showing empathy by doing my research and by i'm trying to think of the word by being insightful but also like by introducing people to new ways of thinking about something mm. so being considerate of how somebody feels and then because you've developed that rapport you can insert your suggestion yep the goal is for somebody to say, wow, that's a really good question. That is like the best thing that you can say to an interviewer. It's like, oh my gosh. It's like, you know, you're a chef and everybody's like, oh my God, this is literally, this dish is amazing. It's like, that's literally what you made it for. Like, that's the whole point. That's a great analogy. So I want to, I want to ask you, when did you achieve your first creative breakthrough? My first creative breakthrough Oh, so a part of me that I'm about to start getting tapped back into well, my, oh, my first. Okay, yeah, it's my first. It's my poetry. So I'm an international spoken word artist, and I love poetry. I love words. I love what words can do, just a person. And so I think my breakthrough was when I was able to perform on TV, my poetry before. And when was and, uh, that? 2017. And what was the process of being able to do that? Networking is another skill. Networking, being prepared. And uh, knowing the right people and knowing the right questions to ask, I guess it goes back to asking questions. But yeah, I would say the biggest one is networking, engaging with people. Mm. And yeah, you get to go, you get to get in certain rooms. Okay. So you network with people, people are familiar with you. They know you have this ability to do spoken word and then you get put on TV through that process. What does that look like for you though? It's like, what is that whole television premiere of you? doing spoken word look like? Okay. So I worked at the news station already mm -hmm. and I saw there's an opportunity. There's a show that would be broadcasted. It is broadcasted almost every day, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and I saw that, oh, they're taking local talent. Okay, cool. I'll just keep doing really good at my job to where yes is always on the table for me. Opportunity is always on the table. So I just made sure I stayed on top of my P's and Q's with our regular job. And then when the opportunity came, I'm like, I, I'm local talent. I'm going to ask. 
And so, you know, having an in with like being within, you know, the influence. So I, I leveraged that in and asked to be on and, and yeah. What was that news station? What was that at the time? News station at the time was Live 5 in Charleston. Oh, okay. Yeah, number one news station in Charleston. Wow, that's... See, that's that's why I was, like, trying to, like, unpack that because I was trying to see, like... I was trying to give people, like, practical steps on, like, what does it take if you wanted to do that in that space, right? Um, yeah. And that was cool. Now I want to shift gears with you. I want to understand because you have a skill at speaking. Obviously, like you said, you've been, you've done spoken word for a long period of time, but also now you've done, you've had some early success in hosting and also podcasting. So what I want to know, since you gained that success so far is what, what did you fail at as you built that? What did I fail at? Okay. I don't know if I have yet. Okay. It's not too late. <laughs> I've had the opposite and I'm so grateful. I can tell you one thing that I did do correctly that's gotten me to where I am because a lot mm -hmm. of people have been t pointing out to me that my level of success for this particular capacity, like interviewer, host Nisha, mm -hmm. that part kind of came fast. And so I don't know if I, I can't pinpoint a failure yet because I'm still in route. Like I might, I'm still on track, you know, it's not mm -hmm. like I had this and then it got taken away from me because of something like technically I'm, I'm still on track at the moment with where I am. Well, what, what did you do leading up to starting the podcast? To start, to start the podcast itself? Like, yeah. Like, was there something that you started before you started the podcast? Was there something you were considering outside of spoken word before you started the podcast? No, actually, I just always had it in my mind that I want to be a late night talk show host. And I just never knew how the dots would connect. I'm a big, you know, I'm a Christian. So a lot of my belief rides on faith. And so I'm a big faith girl. So I'm just like, in my mind, always believed that it's going to happen. I'm just like, I don't know how it will. But when it does, I'll try to do my part, at least to make sure that I meet God halfway in these efforts. And so some of the stuff that I did do to get halfway, I guess, was positioning myself, starting the podcast. And trying it out, and it turns out to be that I'm really good at it. I've had some really high-profile people, and I think I only have, like, 35 episodes. There's people that, like, have been podcasting, and they have, like, 200 episodes. I've been very blessed to have some of the people on my show very, very early. A lot of it is due to the, my skill set. Yeah, I was going to say, did that come from networking? came from networking and it came from being good at it. I think a lot of people don't put a lot of respect or like emphasis on like, you have to actually be, these people don't mind talking to you. They don't mind resharing it. They don't mind attaching themselves to you as well. Especially like, you know, Instagram, you can collaborate with people. They don't mind it if it's actually good. And so I've been on the, the good side of that, of that idea. So I've just been very, very thankful. So help me understand what is good. Let's quantify it for people. Because I'm sure that there's people who want to start a podcast and they're like, well, how do you do that? I try to tell people, start with figuring out what your story is. First of all, everybody wants to immediately also figure out how can I make money on a podcast? First, just one, get comfortable with like talking. Two, get comfortable talking about a specific thing. And then three, figure out how to talk to someone else. And so I think. Those are like three places that I would at least start is, okay, what am I talking about? And how can I talk? And then can I talk to people? And so 
It's easier said than done. And I always encourage people because, I mean, it is kind of the curve and the wave now to go where podcasts have to be visual as well. But if you are not a visual person and you've never been in front of a camera, that doesn't disqualify you from having a podcast. You can definitely still have an audio podcast and get comfortable with like literally just talking um, to yourself if you're, you know, if you're not a podcast that has guests. But I would say to start there is literally start with the talking part. Don't worry about all the other stuff that come with it. Just get good at figuring out what it is you're supposed to talk about and then getting good at actually speaking. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I wanted to ask you, and you've mentioned some of these, but I think if you could get specific on some of them, what are like three systems or strategies that you use to break through with your podcast, with your spoken word, whatever? Three systems. Anything creative? Yeah, it can be any strategy or system that you developed. Okay. I need to write a book on this word because a lot of people do not use it a lot, but I actually have it. And I would encourage you guys to have it in this actual, I use it as a strategy. But I would try to learn how to develop moxie. People don't talk about having moxie that much, but basically just being very prompt in your braveness has paid off a lot for me. When you don't have all the answers, but at least you know that this is what you want to do. You know, this is what you want to say. I would say a strategy is literally trying to acquire moxie. Just do it. Do it. And there's a group that I meet and one of the entrepreneurs, uh, she, she calls it do it ugly. So do it without all the things in place. That, that I would say, that might have failed me, actually. I take it back. Now I've just been pinpointing my failure. It's not starting earlier because I was waiting for everything to be right. Talk about that more. What were you thinking about at that time when you were waiting for everything to be right? Like, oh my gosh, quality. Like, what is the audio? I didn't have the right camera that I wanted. I didn't have a full layout of like, what was my show? Who I was going to be on? I literally just decided one day. I just decided. You have to decide. That stuff is not important right off and that, you know, everything will come into place when it needs to. That's incredible. Like just hearing about that because I think so many people struggle with that. They they think they have to have everything. And I think we take 65 days to to do something that could take one hour. I think yes. that's what a lot of people do. That is very, very true. We get comfortable in like, people get comfortable in trying. People like trying. Nobody likes doing. Doing, doing is different. <laughs> Explain the difference. People get very com- comfortable with saying that they're trying something or just even in trying, oh yeah, I'm I'm trying this, I'm trying that, or I'm working on this, but it's like, okay, at what point are you gonna actually get to the implementation? You know, how can you actually make what you're trying applicable to your life and to your craft? It's about implementing, right? It's about doing it ugly. And I think it's that's such a great way to put it. And I love that you said it like that. So then when you made the decision to do the podcast, what happened? I made the decision to do the podcast and it literally made sense. That's why I'm like, why did I wait this long? Like it just made perfect sense. Of course, there's some kinks to work through, logistics behind having it, getting it heard and stuff like that. But as soon as I did it, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm I'm in my bag now. Like, this is it. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And it just felt right. Totally and what right. and what success came from that, though? Because that's what I wanted to share with people, too, is like, you said you waited a long time. How long would you say you waited? And what results came? I think I waited. <laughs> I think I waited maybe like a year and a, I waited a, about a year too long. 
I think if I would have done this about a year ago, I would have I would have a better grasp on the money part of podcasting. I started off like having fun and now I'm like, oh snap, like I'm lit. We got to figure out this money part, like, you know, and so that's the part that I'm still navigating through. I mean, I, I've been able to make some money from it, but I'm like, there's way more money to be made from it. If I would have started a year ago, I think I would literally be up there. I would be up, not up there, but like comfortable. Yeah, and no, I understand. You said that you're making some money from it, but like, what did the results look like in terms of success when you decided to do it after waiting that time? Oh my gosh, confidence, notoriety a voice, so many different things, practice, speaking engagements, relationships, and then future relationships, like future work relationships. And so there's a lot of things that come from it. Transformation for myself, like some of the people that I'm talking to, I've been able to get a lot of game from them and it's helped me like in life. And so there's a lot of variables that contributed to what I would call it reasons that I would consider it to be a success. And what about the audience? The audience, I think it grew from that, leveraging and connecting myself to people who, of influence, people who have followings, and that grew <laughs> literally from that. I think, like, the podcast, the, the snippet that I dropped last night, I think I got, like, 200 followers from that, like, organic, regular, and these are real, like, they're real people yeah. with real accounts. It's, like, really cool to attach yourself and to see, like, oh, wow, and that was a snippet, like, people are wanting to follow up of a snippet, like... Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's powerful. It's really cool to see. Yeah. It's powerful. And did you quantifiably, like, did you, because I remember at one point you had said you had gained like a thousand subscribers in a short period of time. So like, what happened yeah. from that decision? Like how quickly did that come? The thousand followers? Yeah. That came pretty fast. I think I got to like a thousand subscribers with like 20 episodes. You know, I mean, a thousand might be small to somebody, but. To me, for people to commit to a podcast, it's kind of a big deal. And so I celebrated that because it's like you go from zero to a thousand. You go from like you're literally nobody knowing about you or knowing your voice or your message to like, oh, thousands of people. And, you know, some of them are like, I think I have subscribers that are in Germany and Ethiopia. Like, it's really cool. And would you say that like you're special in this case? Like, obviously you said you're in your bag and like, you know, that podcasting is what you need to be doing. But like, in terms of it growing like that, do you think you did anything that made that happen? I think it's a couple of things. It's one being attractive that actually does matter. So especially if you're on camera and I'm not trying to be conceited, but like, it actually does matter. I'm sorry. So, and then my personality is another thing. So I'm kind of a hybrid of like Oprah meets Jimmy Kimmel kind of thing. And so I'm kind of a charismatic, charming, goofy, serious, conscious, like wrapped into one. And so I think that resonates with a lot of different people. So that helped. And then how I'm having these conversations, how I'm navigating the conversations, it's very organic. So that mattered. I'm not reading off of note cards, like I'm just talking and I'm prepared. And then getting my set, I think making the investment to get the set, like you can tell I'm taking it serious. Like this is a set, like I have a whole set, I have a whole studio, I have a content studio, like it's a big deal. And so I think those things contributed where it was like, well, this looks legit. She's legit. And I think that's the impression that people get. Yeah, I agree. I agree with those things. Do you think that, I guess what I'm trying to understand is 
How much time do you spend researching people? Because you said you're not reading off note cards, which is great. Like if you're doing a podcast, you probably should. Yeah. But not to say that you should like, that's fine. You know, that's fine. That's what you need to do. But I would learn. I would grow out of being married to the note cards. That's not, I'm not speaking against that, but I would at some point grow out of that. There needs to be flexibility in it. Sure, sure, sure. You don't want to be a robot. I'm trying to think of your question. So, yeah, so my question is just how much research do you do prior to a guest? Oh, prior. It's hit or miss, actually. Sometimes I might know about the person a little bit. So I kind of have an idea. I might already follow them. And some people, I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I didn't know who this person is at all. The lady, the girl that's on my podcast coming up this week, I did not know her. Like, when I met her, I didn't know who she was. And so then it's like, okay, you got to put a little bit more effort into it. But thankfully... This is a bad practice that I'm going to try to get out of. And, and sometimes I ride a lot on my skill, but sometimes it's not even till like same day. Sometimes if my schedule is just too crazy, honestly, being transparent, like sometimes it's like day of, but you would never know. The interview is still amazing, but that's not something that I would encourage people to do. And that's not something that I'm particularly proud of. So sometimes it's like same day. Sometimes it's like maybe a week out. I would say the most is a week out. And what are you doing to research these people? A couple of things, actually. Y'all getting the sauce. Gosh, just trying to get y'all the sauce. Well, they can't be you. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. We just give people the game to attempt. No, that's that's great. I love it. So most of the people that I interviewed have reached a certain level of success. This might not apply to everybody that comes on your show, but... I go and research that because of, for example, like very, very practical. If I have somebody coming on a show, I type their name in Google and then I go to the section in Google that says news. So I learn about articles of what other people have written about this person. And so a lot of times in articles and sometimes like these articles will pop up, I'll read through them. I'll find little nuances or nuggets or questions or phrases that they said. And sometimes I'll pull those into my interview and then it comes off impressive or it's like, oh, wow, that is my model. That is my life model. Like, how did you figure that out? How did you know that? So that's like one little thing that I do. And then sometimes I ask other people about that person. Like if I am bringing somebody on and I know a friend of theirs or I know somebody that they know, I'll kind of like talk to that person like, oh, you know, tell me about such and such a little bit and then kind of get like a little side perspective of them. So, yeah, those are like two of the things that I do. No, those, those are great. Those are awesome. Just like even the news tip on Google is like cool. I would never think to do that. So that was cool. Okay. So now I want to understand how do you make money doing this? Well, some people pay me to come on the show. So one way is like literally to come like to be a guest onto the show. Another way is through sponsorships, getting other businesses through different ways. You can do like product placement. You can actually do drops. Or you can do audio drops or you can do graphics across the screen. There's a variety of ways to do sponsorships. And then the other way is through the viewership, right? Through YouTube monetization, like through the actual content in itself. So those are the, some, some of the ways that I know offhand. I'm trying to think if there's another that I'm forgetting. Product. I'm like, you might know more than me, gosh. Just product. Product. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Creating actual products. Yeah. From the podcast. Yeah, that's a good one too. I think you named pretty much all the revenue streams from podcasting. I just want people to have that as a reference point. So at this point, you said you're not really making money. What do you mean by that? Like break that down. I'm not making the money I want to make. Let me rephrase that. 
and I'm about to like literally it's actually not scary but it's exciting I think it's exciting mm -hmm. and that's just because of that I think like what I was telling you about my failure that I can think of is that I should have started earlier because I would have had a better grasp on that because I started off doing the podcast thing for fun and then I realized I'm lit and I'm like yeah I want to have fun <laughs> I want to make money and have fun like at the same time so that part as I'm I'm having to still find my footing so to speak with um with that space but nonetheless I'm not afraid because I'm off to such a good start and I like I'm learning now like what to do so it's not like oh I can never make money it's like okay now I know the game like I'm learning like different things that I need to put in place in order to grow and scale awesome okay so I want to know how can people connect with you and where can they watch, listen to your podcast and watch your podcast? My podcast is called Finding Your Niche with Niche. I talk to people who have found their niche, who have grown either like with longevity experience in their specific niche. And I talk to them about their successes and failures and how they got to where they are today. And so if you're interested in coming on the show, I definitely would like the opportunity to see if we will be a good fit for having the conversation about that. You can do that by, you can DM me right now, or you can click the link in my bio and schedule a call with me to see if it will work out. But if you want to listen to the podcast itself, I definitely encourage you to do that. If you really like it, go ahead and go the extra mile and subscribe. But um, that's on all platforms as well. All podcast platforms, YouTube and Roku. So, yeah. Fire. And Roku, that's fire. And then okay. because you're the master interviewer, do you have any questions for me? <laughs> yeah. What has been the most surprising, rewardingly surprising aspect to doing these Instagram live podcast episodes so far? When people text you and say that you're giving them the tools to do something. Mm. That's probably it. Or when I learn something from somebody that I'm interviewing that I can apply to my own life. But usually yeah. I would say it's other people's feedback because it's, that's the whole point. It's like, how do we eliminate the starving artist by giving people truthful information so that they can make better decisions? Yeah, I love that. Thank can I ask you one more question? You're the master interviewer, yes. <laughs> Where did you, is that a culture thing? Is that, do you think it's a culture thing? How did you become so forthcoming <laughs> with information? You know, because Black people, we like to cover information because we're used to lack. So the moment we get something, it's I like, understand. oh, I'm, you know, I'm coveting it. So so where, how did you get to a point where you could be so forthcoming with your information? Or are you? I might be wrong. No, I am. No, I am. But I think it's knowing that we're all going to die one day and it's not going to I was very morbid. I was not. Excited. Yeah, but that's, I think it's, I think that's what it is. It's like three generations from now, nobody's going to think about you. <laughs> so it's like, you might as well give people the tools. And also I think a part of it that's a less morbid answer is a lot of the things that I share or bring someone else on to talk about is because I was in a position where I got played in that situation. So it's like an input, like you talked about empathy in your podcast, being able to build rapport based on empathy. It's, it's a similar thought process of like, well, if I can help this person do something, therefore they won't get played. Therefore they can better their lives. 
Therefore, it'll build trust with me. Even if they don't buy anything from me, they'll tell somebody else and something will come from it. Like the goodness is always going to come back to me in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like it. It's like no, three generations. No way. I mean, nobody's going to care though. They're not. But you could probably change three generations worth of people's lives and you just won't be alive anymore. But you're still making an impact on the earth and you're not here. Right. Because I battle with that because it's like an ego thing. It's like my ego isn't going to exist if I'm not alive. So it's like, why do I care that much? You know, there's just many different pieces go into it. But I think with you, I would ask you the same question. Why do you bring mainly successful black people on your platform to share information? I think I like change. Mm -hmm. I like evoking change. I like you said, like, if I can give you something or if I can talk to somebody who's done something you know incredible then definitely i'm gonna spread the love because ultimately my goal i like when people become whole mm-hmm. and so that is literally my burden it's like i want people to understand that they are capable and that they're able and that they have the aptitude to like go where they want to go in life and so it matters to me that people have belief and self-belief and so I can bring somebody on and talk about like, oh, here's how I, you know, I believed in myself in this specific industry and I'm killing it. And yeah, like that's important to me. I feel like messaging is important and conversations change people and a changed person can ultimately change the world. Communication rules the nation. Oh, snap. (laughs) But yeah, I understand totally. 100%. I think we align on that in a lot of ways because I feel similar to that as well. Um, Mm -hmm. but also it's like, why not at this point? It's like access to information is so readily available now, but it's a matter of like, is it truthful? Both of us seek out as close as like the most truth as we can get to, to share with someone that is a fight. Mm -hmm. It's a fight. There's people who want to deceive and manipulate. And then there's people who want to share truthful, authentic information. And so the people who want to share truthful information, I would say is probably a smaller group of people. But I think at right. some point it will be a larger group of people. I really yeah. do hope that. Because it's like you have nothing to lose. Right. What do you have to lose? Nothing. <laughs> what are you afraid of? Like yeah. you saying, like, I can tell everybody literally every single thing I do. Half of the people are not going to do it. Right. And then the other half are not going to do it like me. Right. So, I have nothing to lose. Right. Absolutely. We can all, you know, we can all occupy this space and and be successful. It's not. 100%. And that's a mindset of growth. And I think when you say people tend to hoard information and they don't want to share it, it's because of a scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. I can only be the one person in this space doing this. It's like, well, you're already not. Right. So that's a belief that's not even true. Right. I'm so thankful for you. And you are like literally one of the coolest guys I know. I like your whole vibe, your swag, like thank you. Your kosh, your koshness is like <laughs> it's really, really dope. And I like what you're doing and keep doing it because more than you know, people are watching you. Have you been in like some conversations that I don't know about? What? What do you mean? Because you're like more than I know, people are watching me. So no, like, who are you talking about? Oh, okay. Got you. The streets are talking and they say, we see Kosh. Okay, cool. Well, I appreciate that. And I see the streets. So (laughs) we see each other. 
But anyway, I'm going to wrap it. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you for being on here. And I wish you more and more success because I really believe in what you're doing. I think it's really valuable. So once again, y'all, this is the Creative Breakthrough Podcast. The goal is to eliminate the starving artists and give artists the codes to build audiences, cash flow, and make a living doing what you love. If you would like to be a part of this conversation, I do this weekly on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And it goes out on all platforms on Mondays. So thank you for your time. Nish, Nisha, Ron Nisha, they don't know about that. That's the government. Peace and love. I appreciate you. Thank you, Posh. Thank you, thank you, thank you.